I'm not a musician anyway. My little sister got all that talent. She started playing the piano when she was about six years old, I think, something like that. She can play that thing like I can play a drum. <laughs> Some people just have all the talent. That's just something I ain't got, musical talent, tall, period. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Beginning with verse 12. Take those off too. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way spread all to all men, because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law, but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a prototype of one coming, of, excuse me, the coming one. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by the one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift overflowed to many by the grace of of the one man, Jesus Christ. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one man's sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. Since by the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man? Jesus Christ. So then, as through one trespass there is condemnation for everyone, so also through one righteous act there is life giving justification for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but their sin multiplied. But where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father, as we look at the, your holy word, We become aware of our condition as human beings. Lord, we, uh, we hate to think that we were condemned when we drew our first breath on this planet. Lord, we rejoice in knowing that through your Son, 
our Savior, we have life eternal. Simply by trusting in Him and believing in Him for the forgiveness of sin and our salvation. Lord, we, uh, we praise Him, we honor Him, and we worship Him as we think about what He has done for us today in our lives. Pray that every one of us would decide wholeheartedly to be servants of His and show our thanks for what He's done for us. God, we praise You and thank You for eternal life. We pray that as Your children, we could walk in a manner that's beneficial. God, our prayer today is that everyone here has trusted the Lord Jesus and will walk after Him with their lives. God, be with us today. We worship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, in these verses of Scripture, uh, we can see the ruin of man. He failed, right? He messed up. And uh, what happened? Jesus came along and rescued all men, didn't he? Uh, we're thankful for that. Uh, and uh, when he did, he gave us the responsibility of reigning over all of his creation here while we're here. Now, we uh, consider these things this morning. Uh, all have sinned by that one act of Adam. There are no exceptions I don't care who he is, where he's from, or anything else. I think I'm losing my sight sometimes. <laughs> I'm so fuzzy. Uh, excuse me. But, uh, you know, to think that one man represented all of mankind is hard for a lot of people to get a hold of and to grasp. But that's what God said happened. That one man represented you and me just like he did uh, his wife and all of those that would come after him. He sinned in the garden. He had one specific thing God told him not to do and had perfect freedom in everything else. Now, you know, isn't that the way it is? I mean, you think about it. Adam must have been a childish grown-up. Must have been. Because you can take babies, you know, you, little ones. You can give them a room full of stuff to play with and put one thing down over on the, in the corner over there, one of mama's things, you know. Don't touch that. You can't have that. What do they do? They might fiddle around over here with the other toys and play a little while, but they're working their way closer back over here, aren't they? And I've never seen a child, if you told them, don't touch that, that wouldn't get it. They wouldn't go over there and touch it if nothing else. They'd walk up to it and do this. That's just human nature, it seems. That's just the way we are as human beings, and it started that way with Adam and Eve in the garden, especially Adam. I still say Adam, you know, when Eve walked up to him with that fruit in her hand to hand him, take a bite, 
He should have ripped a tree limb off and rendered her unconscious until God got there and said, that one broke, give me another one. He didn't do that. What did he do? He took that fruit and God had told him specifically, don't eat of that fruit. Eve got the word secondhand from him. God told him specifically to his face, don't eat of that fruit. Don't touch it. What did he do? He took a bite. What happened? Every human being that's been born since that time has been born into the depths of sin. Thank you, Adam, very much. Look, it's hard for us even to imagine that one man that many years ago could represent all of mankind. But the scripture is very plain about that and explains it clearly to us that uh, death spread to all men because he sinned. Death's talking about spiritual death, not just physical death. But physical death came as well. But uh, the law came along. And what was, what was the law in the beginning? If God says something, isn't it law? Well, you know, it was very simple in the beginning. It was just one. Don't eat of that tree. And what did he do? What like us with a multiplicity of laws, you know, could break one and not even know it. He knew, and he broke it anyway. He sinned on purpose before God. Isn't that the way man does today? You know, the word Adam means mankind. And uh, human nature is the same today as it was back then. Just, just like a child, we're all that way. Why do you think people work themselves to death and, and uh, a lot of times leave their families behind and everything else to get ahead in the world? We're, we're bent on doing things our way. Verse 13, if you look at that, verse 13 says, In fact, sin was in the world before the law. But sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. That doesn't mean there's no sin. Just that God didn't reckon it to him when uh, there was no law. But God took care of that. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse. But I, and I hear... <laughs> Young people say that all the time. Well, I didn't know. Uh, well, if you didn't know the speed limit was 35 and you were doing 50, you're still going to have to pay, right? Amen. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Uh, and that, this, is, uh, this has always been, it seems, God's rule. God uh, says that Adam was a prototype of uh, mankind all mankind's seed came through Adam we don't, we don't have any choice we're all related to him by one way or another by hook or crook whatever you want to say we're all related to Adam we suffer from the same nature in other words we want our way sometimes we wrestle with God about having his way but we want our way and uh, God has to come along and <laughs> get us out of trouble. 
Verse 15 says, But the gift is not like the trespass, for by one man's trespass the many died. How much more have the grace of God and the gift overflowed to many, to the many by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ? You see, God came into the world even at that time and, and when he was walking in the garden with Adam in the cool of the evening. And uh, God, uh, God rescued Adam. Uh, he uh, took him uh, under his wing, so to speak, and uh, rescued him. You know, Adam suffered from a flaw that so many men suffer from today. Adam had to be rescued from wanting to be God. Now, this is when you know when we break God's rules, that's the bottom line of the problem. We want to make the rules. Now, <laughs> God's God's not like the boys and girls on the playground. Have you ever watched a bunch of kids, or do you remember playing? And uh, somebody in the middle of the game changes the rules. That I mean, that seems to always happen when a bunch of kids get together. You know, they're they playing along, everything's fine, and all of a sudden it doesn't go the boss's way, and he changes the rules. Well, God didn't change the rules. He made the rules. Adam, <laughs> Adam didn't like the rules. He wanted to do things his way. Now, that's just the way we are as human beings. We want to do things our way. And we feel like that we can justify what we do, even if it means stretching or changing the rules. Just a little bit. Not much. Just a little bit. God says love everybody, doesn't he? Well, just a little bit. I don't want to love that one. We can't do that. God has set down rules. We have them written down in our scripture. We call them the Ten Commandments, and then we've got a whole book or two that have got a whole list of rules. But just the Ten Commandments will suffice. All of the rest of them came from those ten. But we sometimes, well, you know, that's a little hard for me to do. I'm, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. What does that do? What does that say about us? It puts us in a position of being in eternal distress, even condemnation because we do things our way instead of doing God's way. We fall out of the boat and fall into the deep water. God has provided a safe passage across from here to where he is. But what do we do? We jump out of the boat. <laughs> Too many times. We don't just fall out, we jump out. We don't want to go where God wants us to go. And what happens when we fall out of the boat? We're lucky if we can swim and tread water for a little while. But that's not going to be an indefinite thing. Somebody has to rescue us. He threw us a lifesaver. We call him Jesus. We can grab a hold of Jesus and everything will be okay. Now, see, Adam's problem was he wanted to be Jesus. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to be equal with God, but he wasn't Jesus. 
And uh, Jesus was, fortunately for us. When uh, man was rescued, it was a, a great deliverance. Uh, and God, uh, it's described in the scripture as a, an overflowing of grace and a gift of righteousness. Uh, God gave that to us. We were, we were born. Uh, if I understand the scripture correctly, at one time when we were born, we were born perfectly without sin. But when man sinned, from then on, we were born into sin as sinners. And the only way we could get out, we fell out of the boat at that point, basically. The only way we could get out was get the lifesaver. The lifesaver was Jesus. And we need to understand that we've been rescued. We may have been ruined by our own nature, but we've been rescued from that nature by the Lord Jesus Christ, by God himself. God saved us for a reason. God wants us to reign here on this earth in his stead. Now, folks, if the church has a problem today, it's that very problem. Christian people, church people, saved people, let's get down to the bottom line, saved people should live like Jesus. We should live in accordance with God's plan for us, all of us. We should be little Jesus. We should be just little Jesuses walking around in the world. People ought to see Jesus in us everywhere we go and everything that we do. The law doesn't make us do right, but it points to what is right. We can choose to be obedient to the law as God's people, or we can be rebellious children and walk away from God. I don't, I'm not going to take a survey and ask you to raise your hand, but I would venture a guess that everybody in the room probably has been a rebellious child at one point or another in their relationship with the God, with the Father. We've all rebelled, and uh, we, we're guilty just because the law doesn't make us do what we're supposed to do. What does? Our heart. That's what decides what we do and what we don't do. The law shows the sinner just how deeply he has moved into sin. The deeper we get into sin, the worse it becomes. The more we sin, the more we sin. And we just keep digging that pit, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden, we look up from the bottom of the pit, <laughs> and it's a long way to the top, and we can't get out. We don't have a ladder. We don't have any means to get out. What's the only means that we can get out of that pit? Is by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's him that we've turned our back on to dig the hole to begin with. You would think he'd be standing at the hot top of the hole laughing at us. But he's standing in at the top of the hole pleading with us to reach up and take him by the hand. The law doesn't make us do right. It just shows us how deep in the hole we are. You ever think about that? 
not the law that causes us to do what's right. It's the law that shows us just how bad a sinner we are and how much we need God. You know, a lot of people in churches today, they go to church all the time, and they're convinced they don't ever do anything wrong. You ever talk to some of them? Well, I could name some names of some churches, but uh, I'll refrain from that. But there are some people out there that believe that they don't do anything wrong. My goodness. Follow them around one day. (laughs) You'll see whether they do anything wrong or not. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God according to the scripture. That's just who we are by nature. But thank goodness God has rescued us from that. And we can get forgiveness when we fail to do what we're supposed to do. The law just shows the sinner how bad we are. And we ought to recognize that every day that we are in need of God and his love and forgiveness for us. There ought not to be a day that goes by we don't ask God to forgive us. And look, at the end of the day sometime, just stop and think about the number of times where you fail God during the day. It'll scare you. But we we don't spend a lot of time doing that and thinking about that. The scripture says here that one transgression brought death. Death into the world. Now, it's not talking about just physical death. It's talking about eternal death. But that Jesus brought forgiveness and repentance is necessary. See, we can turn to Jesus. We've got one that we can turn to. Hopefully, all of us here understand that. We're we're church members. We've trusted Christ and belong to the church, and we serve and worship him. Uh, we don't uh, we don't want to be equal with God. We want to be under God's control, even sometimes if we don't act that way. That's the way we should be. Now, Scripture continues down in verse twenty, with the, the law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied. Grace multiplied even more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Those are encouraging words, folks. If if you don't know where they are, make a note and scribble it down somewhere. Uh, Because of one trespass, we all fail. But because of one life, the life of Jesus, we all live or can live just simply by trusting in him. The law doesn't, the law doesn't make us do right. If the law could make us do right, there'd be a whole lot less people in jail. There'd be a whole lot less lost people, too, if the law could make us right. But it doesn't. The law just reminds us how bad we are. The farther we descend into sin, this is a quote, the farther we descend into sin, the nearer we are to brokenness and thus to Christ. That's what the law does. The deeper, the deeper in the depths of sin we get, the nearer to being broken, 
Now, if we're a Christian, I'm going to tell you something. If we know Jesus as our Savior, we cannot, look at me, we cannot continually sin and get away with it. Now, sometimes when we're kids, young people, we try to do things and get away with it. So daddy don't find out about it. Mama doesn't find out about it. And we get, we get scot-free. No debt to pay. We cannot do that with God. I think that my father had to be related to him. I could not do anything. I don't know about y'all if you got this feeling or not. I couldn't do anything in Clarksdale, Mississippi, Cahoma County, or anything north of Jackson <laughs> that my daddy didn't know about it before I got home. Now, I don't know how that works. Y'all may have experienced something very similar to that. But I couldn't do anything that daddy wouldn't ask me about. He had a 1958 Chevrolet Impala that would run like a scalded dog. Folks, I want to tell you something. He ran it that way too, and I learned from the best. When I got out in it, I liked to run it that way too. You know, I like to make them stripes down the highway. I like to make that a solid line, you know. I mean, that, that's just the way I drove. I drove just like he did. I'd get home at night and walk in the house, and Dad would say, what you doing driving the car so fast? Somebody call him and tell him they saw me. He was a mechanic. If nothing else, he'd go out there. He could just smell it and tell that it was being dogged, you know. I couldn't get away with anything. Folks, God is omniscient and omnipresent. He's everywhere and knows everything. There's nothing we can get away with. We think we can cover our sin up sometimes and not admit to God that we're sinners. God knows. One of the reasons that Christians don't live the life that they should and don't have the joy and the happiness that they should is unconfessed, unforgiven trespasses. What a shame. We've got a God that wants us to come to Him and say, I'm sorry. Admit when we're wrong and get forgiveness for it so that we can live full spiritual lives on his behalf. That's God. That's what he wants. Verse 21 says, Just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank goodness. We've got grace. Because not a human being has been born on the face of this earth that hadn't been a sinner except Jesus Christ. Not one. The only way that we can be righteous enough to go to heaven to be with God is to be saved, to be washed in the blood of Jesus, to be covered our transgressions gone from before God's sight. Someone has said the profound contemplation of our sin 
of our ruin and our rescue can restore us so we will reign properly. We've got to realize the contemplation. We've got to realize that we're sinners. There's so many folks out there in the world that don't know. They don't think they do anything wrong. You know, you'd be surprised at how many people, I'm, I'm talking about church folks you know and I know, will go out on the weekend and get knee-walking, staggering drunk and don't think anything's the matter with it. As long as they don't hurt anybody, everything's okay. Well, who do they hurt? Who do we as Christians hurt when we disobey God? Everybody that sees us. We need to walk before God in righteousness as holy and right in His eyes. God has grace to forgive us. Now, it doesn't matter how many miles I drove in excess of the speed limit and dogged the car. And Daddy called my hand on it, true enough, be upset about it. But he always forgave me because the next time I had a date or wanted to go somewhere, he pitched me the keys. God's going to let us live life, but he wants us to live life the right way for him. And we need to understand that. And that's He's going to let us do. He loves us. That's what love is about, trusting. He lets us do the things that we ought not do so he can fix it and show us how much he loves us. In this way, and through God's forgiveness, he lets us reign with him, if you will, in our own lives for his glory. It's the only reason we're able to do good things that we do as Christians is so we can have the privilege of reigning with him in life. Our, our big question in life today is this. Do we, uh, <laughs> do we reign in glory, glory of God, or do we reign in our own self-will? One way or another, we reign in, our life, reign in our lives. We have control. I'm the king. I decide what Terry does. Be nice if that weren't true. But I don't know about y'all, but I've made some bad choices in my life. I've messed up. Believe it or not, I'm not perfect. If you don't believe that, ask her. She'd be happy to tell you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's just the way it is. We're not, none of us are perfect. God understands that, and God loves us enough to forgive us. He loved us enough to send Jesus to take away the sins of the world by dying for us. Folks, we've got a wonderful God, a loving God, that wants us to do right. Be his servants every minute of every day every way that we can. He loves us enough to keep us in the road. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed.
Lord, we love you. We thank you for your watch care over us. We thank you for loving us enough to send Jesus into this sinful environment of the world to live a perfect life, to shed his perfect blood that we might be covered by that blood in your sight. When you look at us, you do not see our sin. You see the righteousness and the love of Jesus. God, we're so proud of that. We thank you so much. Pray that we would live our lives more and more in a worthy manner to please you, God, and to honor Jesus. We thank you for loving us, giving us the privilege of reigning with you. Give us the gumption to reign in a righteous way in our own lives. We give you the glory for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.